0: You're listening to the Boss Business of Surgery Series, episode 110. Today is our follow-up with Dr. Truba Prabhakar. If you remember, she became a cash-based surgery service in ob So I was curious to see how her first year in this cash-based practice went. I think you're gonna be really excited about the unexpected benefits of having your own practice. If you're in a job and you think you wanna change, let us help you tomorrow night Amanda and I start the first class of the 90-day notice. Don't miss out on the benefits of starting in this founder class in 2023. Find more information at bosssurgery.com. Welcome surgeons! Residency didn't teach us everything we needed to learn to be a successful surgeon. While we spent our time caring for patients and learning how to operate, we didn't learn how to advocate for ourselves or navigate our career. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Vertries. I'm a general surgeon, certified coach, and founder of the Boss Business of Surgery series. This is where you'll learn those lessons not taught in residency. I'm so excited to welcome back this guest who was on before because she's going to give us an update. Dr. Truba Prabhakar is going to talk to us about her cash-based surgery practice. Now, I know I was blown away when I first heard her story. And I really wanted to see what it's been like, because I've been following her journey on Instagram this whole time. And I just saw that she celebrated one year. And so we got to bring her back and have her tell us all the things. So welcome back. Tell me all the things.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much, Amy, for having me. Yes, I vividly remember our first chat a year ago. I was talking to you from my car, and there was so much uncertainty about what it was going to be like, what was this year going to be like? Was this even going to work? I was up against all these people telling me that it wasn't going to work. And what are you thinking? And why, why don't you just see the security of your corporate job and things like that? And, and so it was a great leap of faith for me to just go out and, and start this practice, especially because I wanted to keep up my surgical skills and this was a little more complicated with being out of network with insurance and how was all that going to work and are patients really going to pay money to get that surgery when it would be covered in that workplace and and all of these doubts and fears and so talking to you a year later with practice that has lived and succeeded the first year is is huge. And there's just so much that I have learned and just grown and, and I'm a completely different person as a result. And isn't that the whole goal? I
0: was just talking to someone yesterday because I just had my th- three-year anniversary of starting a private practice. And I know exactly the thought that I had in starting it. So I'm curious. I, I remember yours because you told us to us because I know you've got daughters. So take us through the thought that you had that carried you through both starting the practice and what carries you through today?
1: Yes, I really wanted to practice medicine on my own terms. I wanted to spend more time with patients. I did not want to see 20 patients a day. I wanted more time for the complicated surgical consults. And I wanted to focus a little bit more on gynecology rather than obstetrics. So these were some of the changes that I wanted from what was happening in, in my practice at that time. And um, I have three kids, you know, ages two through eight. And so I wanted more time with them and really the flexibility to make it to their events at school. Like yesterday, I was able to go to their Halloween parade and just start my clinic at 11 a.m., which was such a luxury. And and, and just take care of myself, get the exercise that I need, go to my doctor's appointments. Like these are the things that motivated me to to make that change to to begin with. And a year later, I am so glad I did because not only I do I think not only do I think I'm a better doctor, but I'm a better person. I'm a better mom, I'm a better spouse, all of those things. It just has such a ripple effect on every part of my life. And so this was really the best decision that I could have made. And
0: I love because you decided your success ahead of time, because I remember you were saying that I talked to my 90 year old self and we said, we took this chance and the success for you was taking the chance and you did it. And of course, when we do that, we think differently, and we act differently, and we get different results. So it doesn't surprise me at all that you'd be successful. I thought your success was inevitable talking to you because your mindset was there. Uh, A lot of people don't have the foresight or the vision to think of like what success is going to look like for me. And yours was determined ahead of time. Uh, The thought that kept me in the private practice or going to private practice was uh, reminding myself, I would be complaining about the same things for the next 15 years. I was certain of that. And I decided it was, might as well take a chance. So it was something very similar of when you get to a point of saying, why not? If right now, nothing is going to change, I've decided I'm not going to stay this way. Something has to give. And so we take it upon ourselves to do that. I know that if this was not an easy road. Tell us some of the stumbling that you had along the way. Like, what did you learn?
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. It means so much. I was really surprised by how much networking I had to do. When you are in corporate medicine, your schedule is filled by whoever advertises on your behalf whoever sends out the flyers whoever organizes other doctors to come and meet you right when you're by yourself these are all things you have to do by yourself and so I was and I'm naturally an extrovert and I actually enjoy networking so it's not that part that I struggled with but I was blown away by how much I had to do it. I I felt like literally the first three months, this was all I was doing. And I'm still continuing to do because I need to make my practice known. So that was something that surprised me. And there were days when like I had no patience, like I would come into work and I'd be like, oh. My schedule is empty, which was disheartening, but really having the end goal, as as you mentioned, determining my success ahead of time and saying, okay, how can I spin this? I have seven hours left. What can I do to get myself out there, to get the word out there? What talks can I arrange? And constantly being on and constantly being proactive was something I had to do. Yes. And there's both joy and pain in that. Yes,
0: Because I do think we start embracing a lot of the business perspectives that we take for granted because getting ourselves out there is always happening. And the hospital or practice or whoever is doing that to some degree, but you find people all the time who don't really agree with how the word is getting out, things like that. So the ability to be able to do it on your terms and in different ways is helpful. And I've noticed that I certainly see you on Instagram, but what are some of your marketing and networking strategies? Yes.
1: <laughs> I was never one to be on social media prior to thinking about starting my own practice because I was of the school of thought that, oh, we keep our lives private. There's no reason to be out there, but obviously times have changed. And this is one of the primary ways in which people find out about you, find out about your pra- Practice. I do advertise quite a bit and and put out a lot of content on social media. So I talk about the most common and issues that patients come in with. And it's actually quite fun. And it's it lets me use my creative brain, which I felt like was pretty suppressed before. I was just on this rote like schedule every single day. And now I'm like, oh, what do I want to talk about? Who do I want to send this to? And how do I want to present this? So that's been really cool. And then not just meeting different doctors, but just meeting various community leaders and different various vendors, various business owners in the community has been so fun. It made me realize how kind of sheltered I was before. I was just in my office. I ate lunch in front of my computer while I was writing notes. Maybe I would see one of my other colleagues in the office and say, hi, how are you? But there were days when there were five of us there in our offices, but we never really even saw each other. But now it just opened me up to a whole different world which i'm just enjoying so much and learning about how people in different fields and and businesses run their run their business and so that's been a lot of fun and then i think also giving talks has been really something I've embraced over the last year. So at various events, people want an OBGYN to speak about some topic. I'll be the first to volunteer and just get out there and practice speaking. And when people see you speak, they remember you. Maybe they're not making an appointment right then and there, but they they know who you are. They know where your practice is. And so that's been, so those three things I think I've really embraced and I found to really help my business. I love how you say we're
0: sheltered because I completely agree. I mean, I've gone to several of my kids' events over the last year or so thinking that maybe I should get more involved. I was like, my gosh, there's this whole world out there.
1: Yes, I I find myself saying all the time, I don't get out much. Exactly. And it was really eye-opening to me this year. I always thought I was somebody who was really social and talking to different people. And then when I When I when I started doing this and having to be the face of my practice and meeting all these different people from wanted to come and meet me or that I wanted to meet, I'm like, wow, there's a lot that's going on here that I had no idea about and gave me a lot of new, cool ways to collaborate with people, too, which is which has been fun which again, helps my creative brain. So
0: how have you been collaborating with people? I know you offer talks and and then also on social media, providing information, but what are some of the other things that you found have been, and not just things you've done, but what are the things you found really useful? What really worked?
1: Yeah. In terms of collaboration, it's all about give and take. And so is networking. And so that is something it looked at it in a very different way. Uh, light. So whenever someone says me a patient, maybe even another physician, writing a letter immediately to them, thanking them, asking them how I can help them, right? And really having a little bit more of an outward focus. I hate to say it, but I, I feel like I was very selfish in that sense, like, oh, who can help me? Who can send me patients? Who can do this for me? But really saying like, oh, what can I do for them? And and then you just don't know what is going to come out of that. I mean, I recently met somebody at the gym who runs a nonprofit where he gives out awards for people for acts of kindness. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And he was like, yeah, please help me spread the word. And, and I'm good at social media and I have a lot of social media channels. And so I did a little video that took me like two minutes, like nothing. And he was so appreciative and so grateful and little did I know he was actually a professor of like business and he he's now like giving me ideas on how to like grow my business which is like totally not what I expected when I started this conversation but it's just been really fun to see how things have evolved and then how we can partner to help to really further both our goals so that's something that I've learned and whenever somebody gives me a contact, for example, when they're like, oh, you should talk to so-and-so and and to help you with this, I immediately try to think like, okay, who can I tap into my network to help them with something that they may need as well? And so it's, it's, it's just a different way of thinking that's actually more fun and more productive at the end.
0: Right. Now, tell us how your office landscape has changed. How many people did you start off with? How many people do you have now? What do you see forecasted in the future?
1: yeah so in terms of patients <clears throat> my goal to really break even and maybe make a profit was about six patients a day and when i started that was not happening right that was very <laughs> it was zero to one and it took well, a few- We as physicians don't give us any time
0: you know no i right. must be successful the very first okay. day and other thing is just complete failure. So
1: exactly. So our natural tendency. <laughs> exactly. And we have so much judgment about it. And so I was like, what am I doing wrong? Oh, no, this is not working and all of that. But now a year in, I'm probably seeing three to four, four patients a day, sometimes seven, sometimes eight. So it's definitely picked up and it's definitely going in the right direction. So that's been really, that's been good and and promising because I was like, well, let's see how the end of year one, is this a sustainable model of practice, because as we mentioned, this is an out-of-network practice, so people pay cash up front. And then I do have somebody who bills on their behalf to the insurance, and a lot of patients get money back, which is great, makes them happy, makes me happy, but I don't have to deal with all the insurance hassles. And then in terms of help, the first month, I had nobody. I was like, I'm just going to answer the phones, I'm going to see the patients, I'm going to write the notes, I'm going to put in the orders, I'm going to do everything myself, Because A, now that I run my own business, I need to know how to do some of these basic things. And then I also didn't know what kind of person I would need with what kind of training. And then a month in, I did hire a pre-nursing student who was my MA slash office manager slash front office, back office, everything. So that's been going really well. And and then of course, a year later, she left to go to nursing school. Then I hired somebody else. And now I'm looking to get somebody else part-time to also do some of my other tasks so I could delegate a little bit more and focus, really be the CEO of the practice rather than running around like picking up my dry cleaning, for example. So I'm trying to hire somebody who is an office slash personal assistant. And I have a biller, as I mentioned, and then a virtual assistant. So my office staff is slowly growing. Uh, My patient population is growing. So it's all trending in the right direction. And
0: you really save a ton in overhead because... I think a lot of the time that, that the people in my office spend is trying to chase down insurance, trying trying to find things after the fact and submitting stuff. And it's it's a process that you
1: are eliminating a vast majority of. Definitely. And this was a big, it was kind of a bold step to take because people are not used to paying out of pocket for gynecologists. People pay for dermatology, people pay for plastic surgery but this is not a specialty that comes to mind when people think of like paying out of pocket. And so it was a big step that I took and a risk that I took, but I said, this is my ideal. So let me see if I can, swing it and make it work in the ideal and then i can pivot if it doesn't work i can maybe add one insurance or something like that but let me start out with this ideal goal and so and so yeah it's i think i'm going to stick with it and the other thing that a lot of us forget is we're highly trained physicians right so i can always pick up a locum shift i can always pick up an er shift or an ob shift somewhere else to make the money. And in fact, that's what I did my first few months. I took OB call maybe a couple times a month just to make my rent. That way I didn't have all this pressure on me to see all these patients and make all this money. And so we have that skill, we have that ability. And so that's also been very reassuring. I completely agree. I was just actually talking to my partner about that
0: is that we do have the luxury of doing this, of determining our schedule, because with reimbursements going down, we can still use our transferable skills and all the skills that we've acquired and come up with a different way. Because my partner, we were talking about how much you could make at the job. And I was like, I think you're asking the wrong question. You ask yourself, how much do I want to make this year? And then how am I going to do that? Completely different mindset.
1: Exactly. I love that. And it's a little bit of mix and match, which scares us as physicians. You know, we are very straight and narrow. This is what we do. These are the hours. This is a job. But really, like, how else can you use your skills? Like, let's think creatively about that. And that's what. I've been kind of forced to do this here, and I'm continuing to do because, yeah, maybe I take some some shifts at the hospital, and I spend most of my time in the office, and then maybe I am a brand consultant for something I really believe in, and that gives me a little extra cash. So there's all these ways of making it work that I think we're afraid, we're almost afraid to like think about,
0: right? And there's the mindset is so key. Is like, well, I shouldn't have to do this. Things should just happen, and. Well, a lot of professions are not like that. So if we look at the model of other professions, especially like the entrepreneur things is you just determine your path. And we do have the ability to do that. And, and probably even easier setup, especially with the rise of locums too, our free agency, if you will.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, there's, but in training, I don't think we're thought to think that and I don't think anyone said, Hey, when you graduate, here are all the options. Like, no, right. It's kind of, you do your medical school, you do your residency, you do the fellowship, and then you go get a job. It's either private practice, corporate medicine, and that's it. In fact, when you're in some of these entities, mixing and matching is discouraged. Like, okay, you belong to us and you just work for us. You can't then go and work for the hospital or, or whatever. But now you're by yourself, you pay your own malpractice and you get to do you get to make it work however you want, which to me is just gold. I mean, I have slept more this year, my first year in private practice than I (laughs) ever have. I mean, if that doesn't tell you anything, like, I don't know what will, because I mean, I sleep eight to nine hours a night, which is amazing and I exercise regularly and I see my kids and I have a great healthy life and I'm growing my business. So entrepreneurship, I think, is actually a great antidote to burnout and really gives you that ability to create your own dream life.
0: I remember, I think it was Brooke Castillo talking about entrepreneurship, and she was saying, like, if you work in a job, you're relying on the job for your success. And when you're an entrepreneur, you worry you are banking on your own self for your success. And if I've given the choice, the hospital versus me, I, I would take me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think as physicians, we are conditioned to be afraid of that. But look at us, like we are highly trained, highly successful people who've worked very hard to get where we are. And so really betting on yourself, I mean, you can't go wrong. And if you have to pivot a little bit and do something a little bit differently to make it work, then, then that's what you do. And it's actually made me a better doctor a more well-rested surgeon, right? And somebody who really looks forward to seeing patients and spending more time with them. And so I think it's been a win-win across, you know, all the categories.
0: So what are the biggest things you've had to overcome when it comes to a patient coming in saying, okay, I get that it's, it's cash based and things like that. How do you overcome their objections?
1: Yeah, I mean, I talk a lot about the time and access. Okay, this is a true story. Just before our call, I was trying to call my son's ENT. He had ear tubes a year ago, and he just needs a quick checkup. It takes like 10 minutes. And I realized that I have a case on the same day as his follow-up, and I really want to take him to his appointment. And so we called, uh, my assistant called the office, and the next appointment is February
0: 2024.
1: February 2024. That is four months from now. So when a patient talks to me about cost, I say, well, I can see you this week and if this time doesn't work, I can see you this other time or this other time. You have plenty of options to see me. I'm going to spend an hour with you. If there's an emergency, you can get a hold of our office directly. There's no trees, phone trees. There's no long waiting lines. You know, A live person will pick up you can text our office. And so you can get the care that you need in the time that that you want, which is very, very different from, I think, corporate medicine. And so that that helps.
0: We don't have that cookie cutter schedule. You must see everyone in 15 minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And if I really need to see somebody during my lunch, I can, I can do that. I can override my own schedule. And so it gives me a lot more flexibility. So that helps for some patients. And some patients will say, oh, no, 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 like that's just too much. I'm not going to do it. And then, like two days later, they'll call back because they've tried to get in with all of the other GYNs here and they can't. And so I think people see the value in it. And it's not for everybody. Some people just don't want to do it. And, and that's fine. And that's something I really had to come to terms with. I'm not what everyone's looking for. And that's okay. And that was a little bit of a hard lesson in the beginning.
0: Yes. Oh, I can imagine because nothing causes more drama than the number of patients in our clinic. Too much, too little, whatever, whatever number it is, it feels wrong. (laughs)
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. And and it caused a lot of self doubt in the beginning. Oh no! Like if I took insurance, I would be full from day one, which is probably true because I had so many patients in my previous practice who would have just followed me. But then all the staff I would have had to hire and all the other things that I would have to do to get on all these plans, it would be a whole different scenario. So I had to be okay with the fact that I'm not what everyone's looking for, but let me put myself in front of the people who are looking for someone like me. And that's what I'm focusing on.
0: Right, and busy does not necessarily mean successful either because we're fighting with the decreasing reimbursement from insurance, the manpower that it takes to hire to fight said insurance to get the decreasing reimbursement of things, the ever-rising cost. The math becomes more opaque, (laughs) it seems, over time.
1: Yes, yes. So really having control of those numbers when you get paid and all of that is, is critical. And I, and I also set myself up to help with that. Like I hired um somebody who was built for many OBGYN practices in the area. He really knows all the ins and outs, especially when it comes to surgery and many. Many of my friends said, why are you doing that? Like, you can just give the patient a super bill and like have them figure it out. Yeah. But when they come back for an itemized receipt, okay, like I don't want to be doing those things. And so I hired somebody who not only did all of those things, but also was able to give me some advice on just from his experience over the many years of, of, of being with many OBGYN practices. So you kind of get what you paid for too, at the end, like, I think if you're trying to be too lean, sometimes that can also backfire. So that was another lesson I learned. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a great one. So where do you see your practice going from here? So you successfully made a profitable year one in a cash based practice which is amazing. And just like you said too it wasn't just the profit that you made it's becoming a different person at the end of the year which is you know really phenomenal because we do want to grow and change over time. But what do you see in the future for yourself?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think in the next year I would like to bring in somebody just to work one day a week in my office, either a nurse practitioner or another MD. I'm still trying to talk to different candidates and see who would who would be ideal have somebody come in uh, one day a week so I can take that day off to actually work on the business. And that's that's a little bit tricky when you're in the business, you're the doctor, but you're also the CEO and you have to run the QuickBooks and you have to do the hiring and the networking and all of that it's it's a lot and so I would love a day where I'm uninterrupted just to do all of that. So, the rest of the days, I can really just focus on seeing patients. And so, I'm looking to bring someone in and also somebody who can then cover me when I'm on vacation and see some patients when I go to a conference. Because right now, when I do those things, my practice is bringing in zero dollars, right? Because I'm not here. So, having somebody else see some patients so I can be at these other events will be helpful. So, that's my goal for the next year. And then let's see after that.
0: The biggest mistake that I have made in private practice is minimizing the role of the surgeon as CEO. It doesn't feel like you're generating any income,
1: but it really is critical in generating income. Yes, yes, because you need that thinking time to figure out what your next move is and how you're going to market yourself and which which events you need to be at and all of that. And it's hard just to squeeze that in between patients. And so having that uninterrupted time, I think, is, is key. It's not something I could really afford my first year, but now I'm trying to see, okay, how can I make that work?
0: Completely agree. Well, this has been really great. And I look forward to maybe we should just make this annual. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Because i'm sure have I'll have no doubt in your success
0: <laughs> and i think that as more of us get frustrated with the process then we do start taking back control of this and realizing that who we are as people and banking on ourselves and bringing back the patient care aspect that that we want that becoming the doctors that we want to be it wouldn't surprise me if more people start realizing that this model is something that, that meets our values a little bit more than what we're currently doing. And I think the more that we do this, the more we show each other that it's successful,
1: then we can become the change that we want to see in medicine. Absolutely. I think patients are frustrated with insurance, doctors are frustrated, like everyone is frustrated with insurance. So if we can kind of cut out insurance for for the day-to-day things that we need our annual checkups and our basic procedures then that would be that would be ideal and hopefully insurance you know, somehow that that industry can change as well. but you're absolutely right. I think more and more people are doing this. I think this is the pendulum is swinging this way and I think in 10 years we're going to see more specialists who're also doing exactly what I'm doing. I think it's fantastic. Well, I
0: really appreciate you coming on and sharing again, leading the charge of change. So Dr. Truba
1: Prabhakar, thank you so much for coming on. Yes, thank you so much for having me. And if anyone wants to reach out to me, you can find me at the fibroid doc on all the social media handles. Thank you.
0: You should follow her at the very least to to see how it's done,
1: because I think she's doing a great job. Thank you. Yes, follow me and talk to you then.
0: For more information on the BOSS Business of Surgery series, go to bosssurgery.com.